Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another one of our Traction podcasts. In recent weeks, as sports fans, we've all been reminded just how much power certain individuals can have at the top of big organisations and how much influence that can have over entire industries. Just look at the European Super League, for example, and how long that lasted. Obviously, some of you football fans will know all about that. Maybe some soccer fans will have seen it as well. But basically, it got us thinking. And, you know, when it comes to racing games... I wonder how much influence one or two individuals could actually have over the entire industry. Looking at an example of this, of course, we've all seen the EA have taken over from Codemasters, which is one of the most famous racing game developers out there. So the question for today is, if we were in the position of EA CEO Andrew Wilson, what would we do with racing games? I'm delighted to be joined by my two regular colleagues, who I'm not sure qualified for this podcast, to be honest, because I don't think either of them (laughs) have ever been the CEO of EA, and I don't think either of them are called Andrew Wilson or ever have been either. Gents, how are we doing? I'm fantastic. Yeah, really good, thank you. Happy to be here and play CEO for uh, 45 or an hour minute. Yeah, well, you've, some, you've somehow wrangled your way into this podcast, but, you know, we can, we'll, we'll push on. I mean, you guys are going to have to do, as my guess here. I mean, to be fair, I don't have much experience of, of these two things either. Um, I've never been called Andrew or been the CEO. But either way, we will do our best to decide what we would do if we were in that situation. So, so guys, I'm going to start by talking about Codemasters. Now, obviously, this is the kind of, I guess, the spot, the, the big news recently coming from EA is that they've taken over from Codemasters. It's not even that recent anymore. It's been a wee while now. Um, you know, that, that news has been sinking in. I mean, Tom, what, were you, what was your first reaction to the news? Uh, fair play. I think the Codemasters, I don't want to speak out of turn. I don't work there. I don't know anyone there and don't have the financial details to hand. But I feel like it's uh, the last decade had been um, a bit tense. And uh, they've done really well with the Formula One game. And now EA has seen potential in the racing game genre. So it's great news for the whole industry in some respects because it shows just how much value is in what we love. Absolutely. I mean, are you, do you play many EA games in the past, Justin? I mean, all of us have, really, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, I've played EA games going back to the Sega Genesis, actually. Um, yeah, re- going re- way back, way back. But it's I don't play that many these days, if I'm totally honest. Um, they've had some not-so-great business practices as of in recent years. You know, not, I'm not talking, like, recent months or anything like that. And they've taken steps to change those things. But um, there are companies I like less than EA. That's for sure. <laughs> I like Ubisoft <laughs> even less. So, um, yeah, so I've heard, I heard that they're going to be pretty hands off when it comes to Codemasters, which has me uh, feeling a lot better about the whole thing. You know, hopefully it's just going to be a nice cash injection for them. And, you know, they've done a lot of really good hard work over the last 10 years or whatever, as you guys have said. So um, if any, if anyone does deserve a cash injection, they're certainly, you know, near the top of the list. Yeah, Absolutely. Point. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that Codemasters have been like at the forefront of the industry recently and putting out some really, really good games, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to see what this injection of cash will actually do for them. I mean, looking at their current roster of games that we've got now, you know, where do you think, what, what direction would you take them in? You know, as, as coming in as EA with all the money, you've got this, you want to leave them to it to do their own thing. But is there anything, you know, you would want to do with the current series and actually have a big influence on? Yes. all right okay thanks for listening to the podcast (laughs) no what what um so yeah give us some examples justin what would you like um okay so i would because we've and we've we've got we've taken notes and i'm sure anybody who's watching along on youtube will be able to see us reading from those notes um (laughs) but i'll i'll just i'll i'll kick off with one thing i've got a few things here but i'll just you know get the ball rolling as it were um i would split dirt up in the way that Forza is split up, um, and I and it, it sort of already is with Dirt Rally and just the right the bog standard dirt, um, but I would do it even more so because of course they're going to have WRC. Um, so whatever they had planned for Dirt Rally 3.0, I guess would be the naming scheme that they would be going with it. Um, essentially, I would turn that into WRC. I would hope that they are actually um, already. Um, at least in some ways. I don't know if they plan on releasing releasing anything in between because we still have some time before they actually acquire that license. So maybe they're going to try and release something in between. They did just release uh, Dirt 5, so I'm not really sure. So maybe it's going to be a Dirt 6 before that. But anyway, I I would definitely do more of that sort of thing and really like turn Dirt 6 more to sort of like Dirt 3, keep it really loose and fun, Forza Horizon sort of thing, which Dirt 5 does pretty well, but is it's just lacking in, in certain areas, which we've discussed in our review and whatnot. Um, but yeah, that's that's the, the first thing I, that I wanted to start off with was Dirt. 
Yeah, I'm I'm with you. My first thought as well. If we're playing fantasy EO EA CEO for this episode and looking just at the Codemaster stuff was okay, dirt is my priority and that's that's where I'm going with because we've got Dirt Rally 2.0 and Dirt 5, which are so different. And I fully agree. And I think what you've said, Justin, is exactly what will happen. The mm-hmm. Dirt Rally game will become WRC because they have the license coming from 2023. But part of me now, thinking about it, thinks that it's been a couple of years since Dirt Rally 2 came out. And it it's has. still a couple of years until WRC comes out. Exactly. And I'm wondering, the Dirt Rally team... That's a diff- that's the Southam, oh, however you want to pronounce it, head office. Dirt Five is a separate studio. It's um, Cheshire. So Cheshire. the main office will have been developing something surely for the last two years. They don't just sit around twiddling their thumbs. So I'm wondering if there right. is another Dirt Rally this year before WRC even. But but who knows? I think it's we- probably best to change it. But. I mean, we haven't heard anything about it. I mean, yeah. I, I was thinking that perhaps Dirt 5 could be that stopgap for, for fans, but it's yeah. I don't think it's hit the mark there. I, you know, I think it's Dirt 5 is a, an enjoyable game in its own right for different reasons. It's not the best game they've produced. I think we could all probably agree on that. And, you know, for anyone who's seen the traction review, you know, you'll see our thoughts on it. Um, or at least my thoughts anyway, not speaking on, on behalf of anyone else. But it's, I mean, it's not the best game. It's got good things about it, but it's not going to, it's not going to be enough for the Dirt Rally hardcore fans to, to carry them for the next two years, I don't think. However, you no. could argue that Dirt Rally 2.0 is still good enough to carry those fans, you know? It was interesting that Justin mentioned the Forza model because I actually was going to mention the Forza model about a slightly different Codemasters franchise, Ooh. but I'll, I'll maybe come back to that in a minute because I want to I wanna just fit, finish off talking about Dirt here. You know, as you say, the, the license is a big thing. It's coming in 2023. It is a reasonably long amount of time. But what I'm wondering that might happen is, you know, are these two franchises, the, the original WRC games and the Dirt Rally franchise, are they almost going to do a swap? You know, is Dirt Rally going to maybe stop focusing so much on the classics and the, the kind of being there for every type of class of car and go more towards the, the, the licensed WRC stuff? And then maybe the WRC game will go more towards bringing in more classics and a kind of more developed, I guess, alternative universe rally world. I'm I'm not quite sure on that one, to be honest, but it's just something that's worth thinking about. Will we see a crossover completely? Certainly, um, uh, they. I mean, with the classic cars that they've already had in the past Dirt Rally games, I would imagine that they're keen to continue that. But it's it, certainly it's going to become less of a focus at the very least. Definitely. Like I'm 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 totally with you. I think that I think that having two separate franchises that are clearly not trying to interlink, you know, you you've got your dirt franchise and your dirt rally franchise. They, you could say they're already doing that, you know, and I think they they've been hinting at it with the games and and people are still trying to cling on to the fact that it's not meant to be like that, but I think it is. I think now they've fully gone for it and said, "You know what? Here's your kind of outlandish fun rallying with your rally cross and your raids and your all that kind of stuff and and here's your serious rally stuff with dirt rally." So, you know, I would argue in that sense they kind of just should keep doing what they're doing in a sense, you know, and then put more resources different teams into the different games. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with that to be honest. <laughs> so I think I think we're kind of all agreement. If we were yes. <laughs> if we were the boss of EA and we would take Codemasters Rally Team, what you're doing, just sort of keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, did a good job. Yeah, don't just don't WRC logo on. It. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm really excited personally for that. I think yeah, that once insane. they license Dirt, you know, Dirt Rally Physics and stuff, it's going to be great. Keep doing what you're doing, guys. Yeah. Happy days. And yeah. what I will do though is talk about the other game that I was going to mention or franchise that that's and it, you know. You could argue this is a current franchise, although it's a little bit uh, unsure. Um, the the Grid franchise. Now, this mm-hmm. obviously it's not. It's been a while since there was a Grid game, to be fair, but they were still making them in the last you know certain number of years. And I'm wondering if you could maybe apply more of a Forza model to that franchise because mm-hmm. what they had in the past was kind of a, a racing simulation that was trying to be for everybody in all sorts of different disciplines, and it kind of turned into a street racing type franchise which is more focused on the kind of crazy driving through streets and and all that kind of stuff so i'm wondering there if there's maybe a potential to say hey, okay let's relaunch this grid franchise properly or well not relaunch it but slightly take it in a different direction and maybe start up a two model system for that one what do you guys think of that i love it uh and also i would add uh i would make sure that it works on wheel to truly compete with forza horizon um really go after it it doesn't even need to be open world though I would say it can be, you know, closed, like you pick a circuit and you go race the circuit and then it's over. You go back to the lobby. It doesn't even need to be open world as long as it's arcadey, but, you know, fun, works with a wheel, that kind of stuff. I think it could be really, really good. In my notes, uh, 
I didn't have the exact same thing. Um, what I said was I wanted Grid to sort of become what Project Cars 3 is, where it's got some realism to it, but it's not too hardcore. Um, you know, it's pretty it's pretty um, entry level sort of, I guess you could say. Um, I won't go into that because that's another part of this. I won't go into what I would do with Project Cars just yet. Um, but I think I think Grid becoming more similar to Project Cars. So adding a bit of realism, but at the same time, keeping it, you know, fun and exciting, like you said, I think is good. Oh, you see. I was going to dive into Project Cars now. You think that's okay? <laughs> well, right, can I can I just say, say though? I mean, make it clear for those listening that they might not have been aware of the ins and outs of the industry. Yeah, yeah. Slightly Mad Studios were acquired by Codemasters before Codemasters were acquired by EA. So effectively, exactly. um, Project Cars is a current Codemasters series, right? I mean, we can yep. say that. And I was, yeah, yeah. I'm the same as Tom. I, you know, I, let's talk about it right now. Let's let's get that one out because right. it's really interesting what you said there, Justin. I was actually thinking along the same lines of you know a grid and Project Cars. There are two series that are kind of somewhere in between arcade and full-on sim. So, mm -hmm. you know, here's two franchises that have got a lot of potential. Let's take them both in slightly different directions. But actually, instead of instead of them kind of aiming to hit all ten pins and missing all of them, let's each of them hit five pins. Do you know what I mean? Right. Let's let's yes. get these two uh, in the right working together and splitting the right. load a little bit. Right. This is exactly what I was going to say. So I think I feel like we've all sort of aligned again. How boring. No, no. For me. Uh, Project Cars 3 was an interesting thing where they took um, the simulation game and made it into an arcade racer. No problem, but they gave it the three moniker, which means that people' expectations were a bit weird. Oh, then yeah. Ian Bell, the sort of lead of Slightly Mad Studios, went on Twitter and said, Project Cars 4 is going to be the best sim of all time. Promptly deleted everything. And so what I would love to see is actually the EA to back the Project Cars series again. And turn that into a sim thing, where and then the grid becomes the accessible racer. And there's the, but at the minute, Project Cars Three and Grid compete with each other. That doesn't make any sense. Yep, I would agree with that. Also, uh, since since we're on it, I'll tell you what I would do with Project Cars is make it more real. So go back to one and two kind of stuff, and even go beyond that. Yeah. Um, and I would focus on tin tops. I would really focus it on sports cars, oh, stock yeah. cars, so uh, non-open-wheeled racing cars. Um, maybe not BTCC, because, of course, uh, the license for that is already taken and everything, mm. so totally separate. But, it, but yeah, tin yeah. yeah, tin tops, um, uh, they could keep it focused on, like, GT3s and, and GT cars and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, really, I would say focus it just a little bit more, especially because Slightly Mad Studios is now in the same family as the F1 game. So it's, you yeah. know, it would, it would be a bit weird to have because they've had that in the past games. I haven't played Project Cars 3, so I can't tell you for sure. But I know in uh, Project Cars 1 was the one that I played and it had open wheelers and it had like an F1 style with a high revving V8 and all that kind of stuff. It was like a Formula A. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. And they had like Formula B and Formula C and, and all. And I think there was an even lower down one. Um, and and I think that is kind of cannibalizing Codemasters F1 stuff at this point, especially now that they're adding F2 and possibly F3 in the future. Who knows? Um, certainly it's possible, especially with what MotoGP is doing and, and the incredible amount of feeder series mm. that that game has. Um, so, yeah, I would make Project Cars, and but I would still make it old and new. So I would still have it be classic tin top sports cars and stuff like that, um, in addition to current stuff like that. But yeah, I would really focus it, really make it all about sports cars. Uh, U.S., European, Asian, you know, Super GT, like, uh, or not Super GT, I forget the yeah. name of the series, but all of those, all of those different across the world. But yeah, um, basically closed wheel racing cars, I think. So, yeah. Couldn't agree more. I like that. I like that. We're all in agreement. Well, you know, what a surprise. What a, what surprise. a salesperson. I, I, mean... I think, I mean, it's also worth bearing in mind, of course, like we, we're all coming from this and I say this all the time as racing game fans, primarily, right. you know, we're, right. what do we want as fans is what we're going to give as CEOs, right? We're the best, we're the nicest CEOs ever. We don't think about anything. We just want to give all the best games. Yeah. But like, yeah, there, there is so much potential there. You've got a couple of really big name franchises with a lot of clout and you've got almost almost as you say competing with each other you know like project cars 2 had the formula a car it was an old 2012 ish 
2011 Formula One yeah. car, and yeah. It, yeah, it's already out of date. And there's no point when they're when they're making the Formula One games. There's no point. So take the focus away a little bit from that and make it the go-to tin top uh, series. I I totally I, I really agree. I agree with that. I like it a lot. Um, and then it's a case of what do you do with grid. But you know, we as we say, <laughs> there you've got so much potential there. You know, you could then take it and make it the more accessible version of that and make it less semi, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think I think we're you feel, feel in agreement there. Does anyone else have any other current Codemaster series they want to talk so, about? Yeah, I was going to ask. Um, first of all, would you continue Fast and Furious? Would you try to Would you try to salvage <laughs> something from that? You know, would you try try to oh, turn oh. it around? And would you do anything with F1? I mean, I don't think I would really touch F1. Um, I, I think the physics is good for the type of game that it is. We've discussed the sim versus arcade balance in a previous podcast. Good plug there. Um, and um, certainly, I. I don't know if I would mess with with that too much, Tom. I, uh, I, yes, leave F1 alone. Codemasters Birmingham, <laughs> here's a blank check. Do what you would like to do. <laughs> That's it. That's it. But yeah, Foster Furious. Oh, man. So uh, I think there is value there if that licensing agreement still counts. Mm-hmm. And if it was for more than one game and we don't know the business behind it. Yeah. Uh, but they need to start afresh. And that's a big project. And that's I agree. It's a lot of money. Because Vin Diesel looked better than the rest of the game in that game. It was. I agree. It was, it was strange. <laughs> yeah, there is a reason we didn't talk about F1 first, and I think it's because we don't have much to say about it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm really happy with the state of the current F1 games. Yeah, I think they're they're You're doing great. great, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep up the good work once again. Code, Codemaster in general, you know, we have to say credit where credit's due. They have been yeah. doing a great job and um, producing lots of good games. And with this injection of money, hopefully from EA and support, it can be improved in the right ways and not and not made worse in the wrong ways. You know, if if you get what I mean. So I think that, I think we're fairly unanimous there. Fast and Furious for me, I think if they're going to do another Fast and Furious game, they need to take some time out and really start fresh but put lots of time and effort into it and and just make a bigger deal out of it i don't i don't think it yeah. works as a kind of uh, a quick flash in the pan game that you just all oh, make something quickly and it needs to be a big hollywood blockbuster effectively and therefore if it's going to be that it needs to be done properly so for me like if you're if you don't have the time and resources to put loads and loads into it leave it alone but you know if you do have the resources then by all means go for it I'd borrow from Grid as well if I were going to look to any other of their franchises for inspiration oh, for Fast like and the Furious. And stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah, Grid, yeah. Uh, the recent Grid games even, and even the older ones as well too. Um, yeah, I think those are um, sort of heading in the right direction for and Fast and Furious. I think, I think, you know, speaking of Fast and Furious, you've got to remember that EA is not just Codemasters. They do have other titles, which I would argue are the racing game equivalent of Fast and Furious. So let's talk about that now. Let's move on to non-Codemasters games. And I'm going to start with the very obvious one based on that segue, Need for Speed. Now, we've just done a retrospective video on Traction about Need for Speed, so make sure you go and check that out and watch all the, all the history of, of so Speed, all the games. It's brilliant. Loads of nostalgia. So good. So obviously Need for Speed is a current series. It's been ongoing for years and years and years. And you can see even from watching the video that there's clearly bits of magic in there and then some games that aren't maybe so good, but there's loads of potential to, to carry it in a new direction and give it some new energy. So what would you guys do with the current Need for Speed title? Uh, I'll, I'll let you start with this one, Tom. <laughs> oh yeah, well, I would, I would do, what would I do? Okay, Criterion Games is back on the franchise after many, many years away of working on all sorts of other weird and varied projects. And Ghost Games is technically being dissolved and rebranded EA Gothenburg, and then they're going to do smaller projects. But some of the staff from there have actually moved back to Criterion. So it's kind of a mixture of both. And they're making a game for next year. So I think I would like to wait and see what that game is like. However, um, the release have been quite slow on the Need for Speed front for quite a while, and they could speed things up. I feel like let's get some of the slightly mad and some of the Codemasters Cheshire people who made Dirt Five, get them onto the team. Maybe that will actually is what will happen. They'll they'll go and work on another Need for Speed or support the current one. Yeah, Justin, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, so I would um, go for somewhere in between. Uh, I would go for open world, and I'd go for somewhere in between Forza Horizon and The Crew. Um, I know I bang on about Forza Horizon all the time. <laughs> we need and a jingle. It's, <laughs> it's probably exhausting for the listeners, um, which is why I mentioned The Crew, though, because I understand Need for Speed is not – it shouldn't be Forza Horizon. You know, it's even – 
wackier than that. And I don't think it should necessarily uh, work on a wheel. You know what I mean? Wheel support, eh, whatever. Uh, I'm not interested in playing a Need for Speed game on a wheel. You know, that's not why. The main reason that I'm playing a Need for Speed game, if I'm honest, is customization. Even more customization beyond Forza. So you've got like Gran Turismo with like very little customization and stuff like that. Then you've got Forza with like a little bit of custom. You know, you could tweak some of the cars have different front bumpers or rear wings or splitters. And you can lower them and raise them and stuff like that. So minor things. Um, with the Need for Speed games, it's a lot more customization. I haven't actually played a recent Need for Speed game, but I have watched uh, videos on YouTube and um, just kind of keeping up with it despite not actually shelling out my own money to pay for it. Um, and I, I think that is great. They need to continue to focus on the customization. Um, definitely have it as photorealistic as possible as well, too, because um, I think that it needs to be like, uh, to, I hate to like use like, uh, really lame kind of social media buzzwords, but it needs to have like v a vibe to it. You know what I mean? Like it needs <laughs> to be, on, it needs to be heavily, um, oh God, what's the word for it? it? It needs to have a lot of style to it. And it needs, you know, aesthetic. It, it, it needs to be an, it needs to have an aesthetic image. Exactly. And a, and a personality in that way, I think. And I think uh, on that, and I'm almost done uh, on that, I would possibly <laughs> even set it in the past or the future even possible not present right i mean maybe you know because if you're trying to do something different if you want to set your racing game apart right now i think one of the best ways to do that would be to set it at literally any other time because the number like every racing game is set right now it's mm. set right now at this moment in time at least all the big ones that i can think of oh man i, I wonder if anybody in the 90s. Can, yeah maybe somebody can so i'm we're gonna get into this later so I, I don't so I don't want to spoil things too much. Um, but you know, what if it was set at the same time as when Need for Speed Underground was set, which is like mid 2000s or something like that? So it's not a remaster or a remake or something. You know, it's just, it's just right. It just happens to be set in that time period or something like that. Or you know, set it 20 years from now and half the cars are electric and you know stuff like that. Like you can I, get really uh, crazy. True. Like what I love Legion. That. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I think that's uh, that's such a good idea. Um, for me, Need for Speed's had a little bit of a personality. I wouldn't call it even a personality crisis because at the end of the day, they're not they're, they're honest about it, and that they do go for different things in each game and try and keep them different. So, you know, the game doesn't necessarily, especially a franchise for that goes on as long as Need for Speed, doesn't necessarily have to have a core personality that every game's the same or, or abides to. And because what you, what you find is some people, when they think of Need for Speed, they think of Lamborghinis and Ferraris and running away from the cops and high stakes. And other people think of Japanese, you know, civics and stuff with massive wings and body kits. But I think you hit the nail on the head that the customization element's the big one. So, you know, you look at the likes of Need for Speed Most Wanted, it's not really got its roots in, in the underground scene that, that Need for Speed Underground did, you know, in the Japanese car tuning scene. However, you could still buy a Lamborghini but stick a ridiculous body kit on it, right? You could probably mm. give it hydraulics, you know, mm. and I think that... That, for me, that's the core personality of Need for Speed. It's the customization and it's the element of having the police there and, and doing something that's a little bit, you know, on the wrong side of the law. And I think for me, what I do with the Need for Speed game is, yeah, have these different aesthetics, have these different times. I love that idea. I hadn't thought of it myself and I'm, and I'm so glad you brought it up because it's a great idea. Um, but also, like, you know, as long as the customization's there and for me, as long as the story's there, then what to do is have fun with the aesthetic style. You know, go for different eras, uh, have a slightly different, uh, I guess, direction with the story mode, but but keep the kind of, I guess, the core, you know, the core thing like the customization and the, the, uh, yeah, just like keep that that main thing. I can try to think of what else there is, but it's mainly just that. Keep that, and then make everything else focus on changing the aesthetics and the style and stuff like that. Yeah, I can't, I can't believe I didn't think of uh, the customization element that you both talked about there. And, and Justin, you mentioned the crew. It's interesting because for me, the the first crew was a was a bit meh. But it mm -hmm. tried some interesting ideas. Then Need for Speed Payback came out, and it tried to be the crew, and it didn't. It didn't work. But mm -hmm. the crew too has taken the customization mantle away from Need for Speed in recent years. And I'm not sure how EA let that happen, let that fly. Yeah. In certain circles, people just love playing the crew too because of the customization options. Like even if it's a super rare, weird car, there's a suite of stuff you can do to it visually, mm -hmm. and. Couldn't agree more. That's where Need for Speed needs to head next.
Like, and I would yeah. uh, I would just give the uh, physics a little bit more. So again, I don't think it needs to work on a wheel. Think like Grand Theft Auto. You know, you can drive a car in Grand Theft Auto around the world, and it, it feels very predictable, and you, you know mm. you understand what's going to happen and stuff like that. It's less hand holding. Uh, from what I understand, in recent Need for Speed games, again, I haven't played any of them. Uh, from what I understand, there's a lot of hand holding. Like you know, oh, you're we're just going to kind of nudge your car in the right direction, even though that's not the input that you put in on the control. I would like less of that. I would like it to be, you know, it doesn't have to be advanced. Like, that's why I say Grand Theft Auto, because that's not super advanced physics. It's pretty basic. But I, I think even Grand Theft Auto racing would feel more natural oh, than yeah. current Need for Speed racing. And look how yeah. popular that is online as well. Exactly. Absolutely. One final thing on Need for Speed, you know, like, talking about the customization and stuff. I don't now look at a gold-plated Lamborghini with crazy wings and think, oh, that's beautiful. I think, oh, no, that's not for me at all. Yet, if I was a seven or eight year old, or I mean, saying that Need for Speed games, we've had this discussion before about where the age, de where the demographic mm -hmm. actually is. But mm -hmm. the child in me would love to go and take a supercar yeah. and say, "Oh wow, you can stick a massive wing in it, and you can stick a huge body kit on it." You know, and that that that's what they need to remember as well. It Need for Speed needs to appeal to the younger audience, and I would maybe ensure that no matter how you know, I guess sketchy you make the storylines and which direction you take it, don't make them drink beer, keep them drinking Mountain Dew, keep them you know <laughs> exactly. like keep it child friendly. You know, keep it child friendly. That's what I'm going to say about that one. Um, and yeah, I, there are of course other EA series currently under underway other than Need for Speed, which we do need to touch on. Uh, I'm going to start off by talking about one that I don't really have too many thoughts on because it's not something I'm I've played much, and that's real racing. Have any of you guys got experience of playing real racing? I, I don't nope. care about it. Let's move on. Yeah, it's a mobile game. <laughs> for those of you who are interested in it, I'm really sorry. Um, I'm sure it's great, yeah, but yeah, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> keep doing. They've got their market. That's fine. No problem. I just we don't care about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we might do in the future. Fair. You never know. Yeah, and apologies to anyone who, who loves real racing. But yeah, yeah. sorry. sorry. <laughs> Traction's not the place for now. Uh, that, right, okay, the final one then that we do need to talk about, and this one is going to appeal to us lot anyway a lot more, uh, and that is a good old franchise called Burnout. Mm -hmm. Don't we all just love Burnout? I mean, Justin, mm -hmm. you you talked about this before on podcasts, just how good this franchise is. Yeah, Burnout Revenge it was my jam. I played that game so much. I, I mean, like, I could still remember a lot of the music that was in the game as well. Like, I played it just so many nights going up to, like, 3 a.m. or something. So I was playing it when I was, like, 20 or 21 years old and living in a house with other 20 to 21-year-old dudes. So... <laughs> Yeah, we were really into Burnout Revenge. <laughs> what would Tom. you, uh, what you know, would you make a new revenge, or would you do something different? Uh, yeah, so I would bring it back. I would give it really, really similar sort of feel to it. Um, you know, I would, I would keep it super ultra arcadey. Um, like that's the kind of game where I would be fine with having a little bit of hand holding from the game in terms of. Um, you know, making sure the car is just staying in yeah. the right way, um, you know, not open world. I didn't like Burnout Paradise. Um, I, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I know some people are like absolutely insane about that game. But um, for me, Revenge was really where Burnout peaked. And I would also um, focus again on the crashing elements of it, um, because that was, you know, sort of a unique thing um, going back to, to the original games. I remember when they first came out, um, I was actually using the name Burnout as a username at the time when it came out. <laughs> so I was actually really, really upset that someone had like stolen my name and used it for this video game. And then I remember I rented it and I was like, uh, it's actually pretty good. I, <laughs> I kind of enjoyed this game, actually. Um, but I think uh, the whole, like, destruction side of things could really, they could really delve into it. Um, and I would love to see that. I, I think more remasters would be would be cool with Burnout, like a Burnout Revenge remaster. That'd be neat. But above that, I would honestly just like to see a whole new game. Um, they could keep it familiar in terms of the way that it handles and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I would like to see something essentially from the ground up. Yeah, I think it's, it's it's crucial to point out as well that, you know, we call this a current series by EA, but it's kind of hanging on by a fingernail, right? And it's because of the Switch, because they just, the, the Burnout Paradise was just remastered on the Switch, right? Yeah, yep. it was. So, yeah, you yeah. know, Tom can maybe tell us a bit more about that. Well, it, it, it just came out um, a few months ago, about six months ago on Switch. Uh, about a year or so before that, it came out on a, with a remaster of Burnout Paradise again on the PS4 and Xbox One. So they're keeping the name out of there, but I'm just so tired of Burnout Paradise remasters. Now, yeah. 
I don't. We'll argue with Justin another time. I think it's the best Burnout game. <laughs> I disagree with both of you, by the way. <laughs> you do not like any. Finally, takedown. Takedown is the best. Oh, takedown. Move good. on. Move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do a separate podcast. Um, but I would like. To, I do agree, with Justin. I would like to see a new one. Tired of the remakes and the remasters. Yeah. New one, please. Unfortunately, Criterion, who made them, is now on Need for Speed again, which is right. why I want. Um, some of the slightly mad and the Codemaster Cheshire people to work on Need for Speed because that mm. could free up some time for Burnout. We could have like a Need for Speed and Burnout collaboration, like McFly and Busted, McBusted type <laughs> deal. No, I think I think that I agree. I agree. Stop re- remastering. You know, make a new Burnout game because the technology's moved on so much since right. Paradise. Could be amazing. So so much. You know, look at Beam in terms Beam of crash physics. Was exactly right? what I was thinking. And You're then. In my and head. then Take that away from its from its core realism. Put some more, you know, make it much easier to drive. Make the cars much faster. faster. Make the the drama much bigger. The flames much bigger. And suddenly you've got this exciting crashing game that, again, like you know, the thing about burnout as well is it's, it is so far from reality that you're celebrating the biggest possible crashes. And of course, no one wants to see these crashes in real life. But burnout had the right tone where they, you know, you knew this was a joke and you were trying to cause as much carnage as possible. And right. gamers love that. Kids love that. Kids love blowing up things or seeing things blow up. Right. So. Make a new burnout game and make it look incredible and make the make the, the crash scenarios at the junctions as good as possible. Please do it. Please, Please. do it. Um, <laughs> but the, but the F one guys keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing. What you're doing. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, so I mean, obviously, burnout's roots are are no longer, I guess, up to date. You know, where this is a game that's that's a current franchise, kind of, but not really. You know, and thinking of other old games, are there other old franchises that EA have their hands on that you guys good would bring way. back? Good oh, segue. thank you. Thank you, Justin. That's two good segues, I'd say. Uh, so yeah, I've been practicing yeah. all week for my segues. Skills. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll jump in on this one. Yeah, um, so I, I did have, I, I had Burnout in there, obviously. I would do a Need for Speed Underground Remastered. Um, I think the time is right for that. Um, I think people are really into that sort of stuff. Um and I would keep it super basic. So I recently played, I'm a, uh, this is not racing related at all, but I am a massive fan of Diablo, the Diablo video games. Um, and I was invited to their technical alpha that they did recently um, for their remaster of Diablo 2, which is a 20 year old game. So it's it's actually uh-huh. older than Need for Speed Underground. And they did something really clever where they essentially put a filter over top the old game. So you're actually playing the old game, but it's got this, thing on top of it that makes it look oh, interesting. beautiful. It looks absolutely gorgeous. And I think the same sort of thing could absolutely work for Need for Speed Underground. Keep the same audio, keep the same music, keep everything this is the same physics, everything is exactly the same, just beautiful. Just turn it absolutely beautiful is what I would do with a Need for Speed Underground remaster. And I would do it to two. Possibly even one game that is both of those games combined. Uh, yeah. into, bigger into carless, more events, yeah. bigger bigger location based on both of them. I think yeah, Absolutely. definitely. Absolutely. Um and then yeah, I would do um also the so I said burnout, need for speed to underground, and this is just for the old stuff that I would bring back. I would also bring back F1 race stars. I would do an F1 race stars too. Maybe even do you know, you don't even have to have the actual drivers and stuff like that. Maybe just make it like, again, I'm going to use the same thing. Make it set in the future and, you know, with a bunch of fake names and you don't have to license anything. Um, and just, you know, because I think uh, Mario Kart has like a stranglehold on that style of game on the Switch, basically. You have yeah. to play on the Switch if you want to play that type of game. Now, the PC side is starting to change. There are, you know, clones coming out of Mario Kart and Mario Party and other things like that. Um, so you can kind of like wet your whistle if you're really craving that type of game. Um, but on Xbox and PlayStation, I think, you know, the the choices are really limited. I don't own e- either of those consoles. I'm not really up to date and stuff like that. But yeah. um, certainly I think there is a market for it. I really enjoyed F1 Race Stars, and I, I think it would be really cool if they brought it back in some kind of way. I, I agree. Could you just, um, for the uninitiated, because I don't think it's sold very well, explain what F1 Race Stars is. Would that be all right? Yeah, so it's it's literally Mario Kart with F1 drivers. You know, yeah, it's, it's, and how amazing <laughs> is that? 
it's, it's incredible. Um, and they have like tracks that are themed based on F1 tracks, but they're not actually the F1 tracks. So you don't go drive Catalonia, but you're in Spain and, you know, it's all very Spanish and stuff like that and, and everything. And um, yeah, the drivers were like, you know, they had, they were like bobbleheads where they had really huge heads and really tiny bodies and they had fictional characters that they threw in there as well. So there was like a female driver that you could drive as that drove in a pink car and stuff like that. And there was power ups just like in Mario Kart and all kinds of things like that. Um, and it was weirdly very, very popular with F1 YouTubers, um, back, right. back in the day <laughs> when I was doing F1 YouTube stuff. Um, and I was keeping up with like Ereva and, and Tiamat Marduk and Alex Gillen and all these other t uh, bigger names back then. Uh, they all loved F1 race stars and they all had videos on F1 race stars. You could find streams on F1 race stars. But for some reason, it seemed like this bastard child to Codemasters. They were, it, it was almost like they were embarrassed of it when it was incredible. It was so weird to me. It was I, cheap I, yeah. too, if I remember. It was like 20 bucks or something. It was. I think it was 2012. It was based on 2013. But I, I loved the <laughs> fact that they had the kind of like, with the officially licensed drivers and stuff. You had that unique nature, and obviously you had the power ups and stuff. And I think that there definitely is scope for for a second version of this game. And I think you just need to take the crazy level a bit further. You know, mm -hmm. um, every driver needs their own you know specific maybe ratings power ups that based on their own attributes. You know, I think Kimi needs to be able to shoot ice at people, and you know, like ah. Fernando needs to be able to. You know, it's, you need to, to be... quit this job and get hired by Code. That is genius. Please do that. I think <laughs> that there needs to be incredible. driver specific things. I also think that you know the racing aspect is not although it's fun it's not necessarily the be all and end all of the game you could almost maybe give it slightly more of a mario party approach it's where mm -hmm. you're you know each individual game is an f1 championship and you've got to mm -hmm. do like mini race mini games which are based in racing uh, you know that, that goes around the board and as you say the different drivers have different dice based on characteristics stuff like that you can maybe take it a bit further but maybe we're going away from from racing games here but I, I agree with you i think there's there's definitely scope with that particular franchise and i played it at the time it was good fun it just yeah me too it, it just for me it just needed a little bit more and whether that's mm -hmm. even that might not even be the game it just might needed i needed more convincing that it was something special and worth playing maybe i needed more friends that were playing at the time um, and i think if everyone gets together and really gets behind it you know there's a lot of potential there on it do you have anything else on that one tom oh uh, well just that, it was a really fun game but the handling wasn't quite as satisfying as mario kart and yeah, that, again right. if they go back to that just slightly off chance. it was fine yeah. I, I wasn't like, oh, I hate this handling. But yeah, it, you're right. The, the Mario Kart handling is just a little yeah. bit smoother. I, I wonder if they could take inspiration from a recent game that came out, which is Circuit Superstars, ah. uh, which is kind mm -hmm. of a more, it's more over the top, yeah. it's slightly different style, but they've managed to nail the handling. You know, is, is that really satisfying drifting and you, you have to drive, you have to think like a racing driver to get it right, but it's not necessarily impossible. You don't have to have the, the skill of a racing driver in terms of technique or anything. You just yeah. kind of, the flow of the, the road is what it's all about. And they're obviously a really small company have managed to do that really well. So I wonder if maybe there could be some working together there or something yeah. like that. But yeah, for, for me, yeah, nothing wrong with that one at all the other game that you guys maybe wouldn't have thought of that i would like to see brought back is ea's formula one manager interesting Ooh. yeah i was i was worried it was what i was going to say next but it, it was oh, well, don't worry <laughs> so we'll, well we'll talk about this first so um, this this game was based on the 1999 Formula One season. This was just a PC game, um, and it was effectively like kind of similar to a FIFA career mode, where you run your team and you I think you pick a team. You can hire and fire drivers. You hire and fire, um, or you get you get engine suppliers. You make deals with them. The drivers have certain ratings, and the races are simulated. And honestly, it's actually great. You can actually hire um, engineers and stuff like real life. You know, current Formula One engineers, and it's all officially licensed. And and basically a proper full on F1 career management thing uh, going on where you could take your team from the bottom of the grid to the top. And it, I thought that was a really great, great game. Is it like the IPG, uh, IGP manager, where you have like the dots going around or is no, it just like it simulates the results? No, you could actually watch the race happening. I'm you pretty could. sure. Okay. So you could, okay. but it was, but it was so heavy oh, right. on the hardware that even a more modern PC really struggled to run it <laughs> at any frames. So what I was going to say about it is it's, it was a great idea with some amazing individual features to it that was kind of not poorly executed but it was executed in 2000 so it's right. out of date now and i think they could totally make a modern version of that with all the licensing and make it look amazing because they've got the money they've got the experience with codemasters working with f1 stuff and there's a game i would love to see brought back ea formula one manager so it's like an rpg game almost yeah 
Yeah, yeah. So you've got to you manage your team. You choose what when to spend money on upgrades and stuff like that. And sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. You, as you say, you can you can pay or you can try and agree a deal with a contract supplier for Honda engines or Mugen engines, and they pay a bit more. But it, but if they reject you, you then have to go back to Ford and go for a lower power Stand engine. Um, yeah, but they could obviously take it so much further now with the capabilities of modern PCs yeah. and all the money and mines at EA. So for yeah, that that's that's definitely one for me. Oh, that's that's two two good chats there. The the one. T- franchise or game that I would bring back uh, is is Micro Machines, which is a, mm. a long, long storied Codemasters series. It's 30 yep. years this year since the first one, I believe, and there is an excellent video on the Traction YouTube channel, uh, which is all about that first game. So that's a plug there for you, Rich. But um, what what frustrates me about this was Codemasters made a game. They sort of lost the Micro Machines license for a time, and they made a game called Toy Box Turbos. In I think. Um, it was on the 360 PC era, and it was a Micro Machines in all but name. And it was absolutely brilliant. It was really good and really underrated. Then a few years later, Codemasters got back the Micro Machines license. I think it was 2017. And that game wasn't very good. All they needed to do was update the graphics and the online for Toybox Turbos, stick the Micro Machines license content in there. But I feel like, and I don't know the full context, they actually started from scratch again with a different team. So what I would love to see is a new Micro Machines game that's based upon Codemasters Toy Box Turbos, which is a very weird, obscure game. But I just love this like little <laughs> miniature, uh, you know, driving across snooker tables and uh, yes. kitchen worktops. That's a really fun thing and really good for multiplayer. Totally. Yeah. No, I'm I'm all for that. Any any other any other ideas, guys? While we're while we're here, you want to briefly touch on? No, no that think, was it. I, I had like the grid for a bit but we've right. already covered grid so that was well it. one thing i would mention about that actually just before moving on is you know grid kind of went through its own uh, identity change when it went from toka race driver to grid right yeah. so grid still kind of exists but toka race driver was a different game and that's kind of what i talked about earlier um but i think we kind of covered it in the first part but i'd kind of like to come full circle here maybe there is space for a game such as toka race driver toka race driver 2 and toka race driver 3 where you can pretty much race in any discipline and work your way up through the different series. Obviously, the big thing about the original Toka Race Driver was the British Touring Car License, which they no longer have. And they also, in Toka Race Driver 3, had DTM License, V8 Supercar License, and everything like that. So I would love to see that kind of style of game brought back. Um, but as I say, it's tricky because we've got Grid, we've got Project Cars, and they're a, li- they're a little bit more of like the unofficial side of motorsport, where it's like, here's some cool cars and things that you can race, but it didn't feel like it was a, it didn't feel like you were a, a serious professional driver. It more felt, it feels like you're just having fun driving these crazy cars in, in one-off events, if that makes sense. So maybe one mm-hmm. that's more career focused. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, the World Tour mode in Tucker Race Driver 3 reminds me of Breaking Point for the next Formula 1 game yeah. where there's a, mm. a story element. So they're kind of doing right. that in a way, but in the Formula 1 series. Yeah. And But let's let's plug something else because Johnny's playing through Tucker Race Driver 3 <laughs> on the YouTube channel. It's really good. Maybe that's why you're thinking of the game, John, because he's still playing it. It's probably it's probably on my mind because I'm really enjoying it, and I, but I love the fact that you can you know go from a monster truck to a Honda Civic to a right. Formula BMW, and it's all and there's so many different officially licensed series in there that you can make a proper career path out of it, and the story mode makes that as well. Or a Pontiac Firebird on dirt in rallycross, which you were doing the other, other let's, day. Let's, no, let's never mention that ever again. <laughs> but yeah, no, obviously, obviously, I'm really enjoying making that series as well. So it's, it's really, really good fun. Right. And I'm, I'll be sad when it finishes. But yeah, maybe maybe a new game in the style of Toka Race Driver is what I'm trying to get at. Slightly more serious career-based racing game covering multiple disciplines, but slightly better handling and physics, please. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that, that's I think we've covered quite a lot of stuff there. Um, yeah, yeah. Just before we wrap up, any other business, guys? You know, we are we are in a very rare position where we are the CEO. I mean, we're, I'm going to say the CEAO. That's what I'm going to call it now. We are the CEO. <laughs> this is your one and only chance to get this done. <laughs> what else? Like, what What are you going to be doing pricing wise? Is there anything else that you want to get out there while you can? And um, the floor is yours. I'll start with you, Justin. Okay. Um, so actually, this is um, a pretty good segue, actually, once again. It's not quite as good as the other ones, but it's still pretty good. Um, so I would make a game just called Racing Stars, and it would have to come out in like 2024 or 2025. So this is something qu- quite down the line. Um, but I'm thinking F1 Race Stars with F1 and WRC drivers. 
And what you were saying before with the different abilities and stuff, that got me thinking a lot as well. So you'd have different abilities depending if you pick a WRC driver versus an F1 driver. Um, but yeah, obviously Codemasters with two, you know, the licenses of two of the most important motorsports, um, plus that history of making F1 uh, F1 race stars, bring it all together, <laughs> carts. Uh, turn turn them all into cartoon characters, all of the drivers. Uh, make a game called Race Stars or Racing Stars, uh, and have and have both disciplines basically in the same place. Because I was thinking, how could we do that? How could we bring those two things together? Because they're going to be in that unique position of having the World Rally Championship license and the Formula One license. You know, so yeah, I I would love to see something like that. So. Again, I, I think it would be cool if they if they like remade F1 race stars or or whatever. But um, taking that idea even further, I think it would be great if they included WRC drivers. So it's like uh, Nintendo's what is it Super Smash Brothers? In, yeah, in a way, yeah, yeah. Yes. Got all the characters from different games. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, Maybe put well, right. the Fast and the Furious characters in it. Too. Oh yeah, there you go. Absolutely, Sorry. I'm into it. <laughs> Sebastian Ocean, Finn Beasel, Sebastian Vettel. Really. All bobbleheads. Yeah. Be God, fun. I would play the heck out of that. <laughs> um, oh, well, my, my points here are more, rather more boring, unfortunately. They're more about business <laughs> and money. Um, you know, EA Sports is renowned for sticking ultimate team and everything at the minute, and there's all sorts of controversy over if it's gambling or not. It definitely makes them lots of money. And I think it's going to be very difficult to incorporate that into let's say formula one because there's only 20 drivers and maybe some classic drivers unless of course they do justin's all-stars idea and then yeah. ultimate team all day but my, my point on that is actually i don't mind ultimate team and people play it a lot because it's actually quite good and addictive mm -hmm. so what i would say is if it's a separate option doesn't get in the way of other stuff in the games and ea sort of screwdriver in i'm fine with that and likewise formula one games have podium pass which is like a paid cosmetic stuff so codemasters baa to it already so again if they're going to go overboard with the microtransactions for cosmetic stuff that's fine if it's just tap that i don't really need so that that's that would be my sort of business thoughts about AA. a lot of people are worried about it i say don't don't be so worried about that absolutely i think i think for me you know if i'm andrew wilson it's a case of obviously you know you we don't know all the ins and outs of the job and what you're trying to do but you, it's a case of trying to Provided games that people love and obviously making money, right? That's the two main things. Yeah, and what we what we want them what we want to happen is we want EA to really take interest in what Codemasters are doing and help them be the best they can be and make good games and then the money for me will come from that. You know, if you're making great racing games that people love, people are gonna stick by it, people are gonna stay loyal and people are gonna spend money. We've seen it across the board of racing games. People are willing to spend money on this discipline of gaming. It's and and I think recently, especially in the past decade, these opportunities have opened up more than ever before. So, you know, my my advice would be or my I guess if I if I was in the position I would, you know, I would sell games and sell them at full price. That's fine because people are willing to pay the money. Just don't yep. take the mick. Don't, don't, don't. Mm. As you, as we've talked about in another podcast as well about pricing strategies, you know, don't go all out to try and eat every little cent out of it uh, and out of your consumers right. because you're going to alienate them. Uh, and I think you've got to keep racing fans are loyal to one another. It's a, it's a fairly niche market but they really love their games. And if there's a good game coming out, they're going to buy it. So keep them happy, listen to them, uh, listen to what they want. Um, and then, you know, I think how only good things can come from all of this. I would actually even reward the players more as well, just since we're talking about money and monetary stuff and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think it would be really neat, say in um, Need for Speed, say, say they do uh, the Need for Speed thing that I was talking about with the incredible amounts of customization and whatnot. Um, and you're a designer and you create uh, a livery or a paint scheme or something like that. And people just are loving it everybody's downloading it from the store or whatever i think it would be really cool if um if you could almost like get paid for being a designer in the game you know if um if like ten thousand people download your design then you get a hundred bucks or something like that um you know it doesn't have to be huge but i just think something small like that to give back to the people that are the most mm, involved in your community cool. would be would be really cool and it's not something that we see in gaming at all actually is the that sort of like small giving back sort of thing and i i personally would love to see more of that sort of thing person uh but 
I don't know if it's likely to happen necessarily, or at the very least, what they could do is reward them with in-game currency, certainly. Um, you know, if you're not going to give people actual uh, money, then, you know, um, have it so that, uh, and I think For Forza Horizon does do this in a small way. If you, you know, share a tune or something like that, somebody downloads it and hits like on it or whatever, you get a small amount of currency. Same sort of thing. Maybe it's the currency um, that other people are spending money, like the real world uh, money currency in the game. So it's kind of like real money, but not really. They can use it to buy things that would otherwise cost money, um, but isn't exchangeable for real cash that sort of thing um but i just think it would be really neat if they gave back a little bit like that um my my next point was not related to that but that sounds like a great idea and, <laughs> and ea is definitely in a financial position to maybe do that and mm -hmm. especially if you mentioned in-game credits the ea loves that stuff stuff right, right. so, so that would be great um i just wanted to mention really quickly the um ea play subscription service mm -hmm. which you can buy outright on playstation and uh, xbox and pc and if the, you're a member of a couple of the tiers of Game Pass, but not the base console version, you also get that included, where it's like a, a library of old EA games, really. Mm. And what I would like to add to that is, I wonder if some of the old Codemasters games could be added to it. Mm. If I was the EA CEO, I would certainly look into that. Right. And I yeah. would say, uh, now there are people on Twitter going, oh my God, EA owns Codemasters. That means the next Formula One game is going to be free on EA Play. No, no, come on. It's not how it works. If it does appear there, it's going to be eight, 10, 12 months after it first came out, right? Right. right. But there's a lot of old uh, Codemasters games that work on the current consoles, which would be quite good fun, like the grid that we mentioned, maybe mm -hmm. the first Dirt Rally. And they could be added to this library and just add something a bit more racing focused, which it lacks a little bit other than Need for Speed and Burnout at the minute. Great point. Great point. Definitely. I think that's there's been so many good points from you guys in this podcast, actually. It's been really good. And I take back my original statement. You guys are welcome to come on this. You're qualified <laughs> to speak about this, um, despite the lack of being called, uh, you know, Mr. Wilson. So that's yeah. that's all good. I appreciate your input, guys. Thank you so much. And of course, a massive thank you to all of you for listening as well. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast service or catch the episodes on YouTube as they're released. Go and check out Tom's incredible work on the website at www.traction.gg. Check out Justin's incredible work at TractionGG on all social media platforms, all the major ones that you can imagine. Although we're not on TikTok yet. We need to get on TikTok at some yep. time, guys. We need to get yep. younger. Catch up with the audience. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll get there as well. Uh, in the meantime, guys, thank you so much for listening. Keep it pinned and see you next time. Bye.